Alright everyone and welcome to Going Over Bet Pro Wrestling, the only wrestling betting tips podcast on your planet. I'm your host Scotsman and today I'm going to be covering WWE Day 1 and New Japan Wrestle Kingdom. One of those I'm a little bit more excited for than the other, I'm sure you can guess which one. Today I'm actually joined by uh, co-host Gus Edwards who hosted the Retro Wrestling Reviews podcast covering the likes of Mid-South and WWE Superstars. Gus, how are you doing, mate? I'm doing good, Scotsman. Thanks for having us on the podcast. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm sure you cannot wait to talk about WWE. Speaking of, let's get right into day one. The big match, Roman Reigns is a minus 215 favourite against uh, underdog Brock Lesnar, who's plus 170. With rumours of lax COVID rules in the WWE, the feud also potentially going longer... Is Brock Lesnar a good underdog bet here? I think he is, to be honest, because I think it's going to end in some sort of screw job, which pro- which gives him the out for the DQ. Um, I can't see, I can't see this ending with a pinfall, to be honest, because um, I think they're wanting to do this again at WrestleMania. Um, it's whether it's a case that um, Paul Heyman screws over Brock or or whatever. But I could actually see Brock winning by DQ, so plus 170 is a great price for him. Well, actually, if you're thinking that, then a better bet may be the, the sportsbooks, Mr. Green, and the other can be sportsbooks, Bet Warrior, and so on. You can actually bet the method of decision, and the pinfall is minus 278. Submission, which is not going to happen, I think, is plus 234. And then any other method, such as DQ, is plus 234. So that actually covers if, Re- if Reigns wins by DQ or if Brock wins by DQ. So if anyone's looking to bet that one, any other method, plus 234, probably a good little bet. Personally, I think, yeah, Brock Lesnar, there's enough reasons for to bet him at plus 170. If Roman Reigns is taking time off, if Heyman's sticking with him, etc. Yeah, it looks like a good underdog bet. So we've got the other, uh, the raw side of things now. We've got Big E, minus 165 versus Seth Rollins, plus 240 versus Bobby Lashley, plus 350 versus Kevin Owens, plus 500. Do the, has the, you know, Raw's ratings have been going down. Is it time to take the title off Big E? Is that experiment over? Um, I don't blame Big E for the Raw ratings, but I'm not Vince McMahon and he probably does, which means that Bobby Lashley at plus 350 is probably the best price on day one. I would be very tempted to go for that one. Yeah, not to get too into it, but I think, you know, one reason Big E's champion is so WWE can show how progressive they are, so having Lashley win would be a good idea. Now, in saying that, something people should remember is last year when Cesaro signed his uh, new contract to stay, stay with the company, he got a nice big push against Roman Reigns. He never actually won the title, but he got a three-month push before being booked into oblivion like usual. So Kevin Owens just re-signed with them, plus 500. His odds have been going down. He was plus 700. So people obviously think there's a chance for Owens. So he's someone I might be looking at as an underdog bet. I do think, though, if anyone's winning, Lashley is probably the one if it's not Big E. So then we have Big Time Bex, minus 300 versus Liv Morgan, plus 200. Is WWE's current diva flavour of the month going to win the title here? Not a chance. Not a chance. Becky Lynch should be minus 900 or something ridiculous like that. There's no way Liv Morgan goes over. 
I mean, we did have that amazing angle with the, the attack at the gym, which was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in the history of wrestling. Yeah, I don't think... I, I mean, Liv Morgan, yeah, she should not be, like you said, Becky Lynch. I'm not one for bets below minus 200, but big-time bets at minus 300. Don't hate it here. Although, again, the whole thing with COVID and all that, I mean, Seth's at home with COVID right now. You have no idea could affect it. That's where an underdog bet might come into play. But uh. So now I've got this match that I'm sure we've never seen before. The Usos versus the New Day. The Usos are minus 230. The New Day are plus 170. Will the Usos drop the titles here? Well, it is the best of 75 series. And I think it's about what, 30, 33 each or something like that. So I don't know. I don't see the Usos losing. Um, at the moment, I still think it's the the Usos and Roman Reigns going to be dominating SmackDown at the moment, and I think probably until WrestleMania, I wouldn't expect the Usos to lose the titles. Um, New Day at plus one seventy, it's it's tempting, but not big enough. If it was maybe plus two two fifty, I would be tempted by it, but no, I would probably say no bet bet for that one. You know, the one thing is, you do have some solid heel teams like um, Sheamus and Rich Holland, Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss if they want to go that way, but we also know that the tag team division is really just a prop in the company right now, so yeah, I mean, it's one of those where it's like you can maybe just flip a coin and you day win and it doesn't really matter, so again, another potential underdog bet, but not one I'm loving too much, like you said, plus 250, I would definitely be on it. Plus 170, very likely I won't be. I will be doing all my betting tips, um, official ones, at betwwe.com, and I'll do them a couple of days before the show. So maybe by then the odds have changed, and I will back UD officially. Now we've got Drew McIntyre, minus 625, versus Madcap Moss, plus 350. This has been an incredible blood feud. As someone who was a fan of the old days, I'm sure you've been loving this. It involved... Try to remove a sword from a desk like Excalibur. It had Corbin and Moss getting covered in eggnog, battling each other with candy canes. This is one for the ages. This reminds me back in 1982 of the Von Erichs and the Freebirds feud. I mean, this is going to pop the territory, these these two guys. I mean, they're just... What can you say about this feud? It's just been... Absolute pish, to be perfectly honest. Yes, yeah, yeah that pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and again, if Drew loses this, I mean, he should never have lost at WrestleMania last year against Lashley, but he did, and that was kind of like a bit of a downturn from Vince's thought of McIntyre, but I don't think that Vince is so, that disappointed in McIntyre that he's going to have him lose to Madcap Moss. Yeah, they have. I think it was. I don't think it was last year. I think it was the year before they actually did pull an upset involving similar situation where it was Baron Corbin versus Roman Reigns, and everyone expected Reigns to get the win. And I think the odds were even more so. Like I think Corbin was like plus five hundred. I'd have to look up, but and he got the the big surprise win around this time of year. But yeah, Madcap Moss just seems like a joke character. And saying that, if they're going to go with Drew versus Baron Corbin, like. You know, you have Mad Cat winning here thanks to Corbin's interference. So, again, it's a potential slight underdog bet. I really can't see it, but we've seen lots of crazier things in WWE. 
finally we've got Edge minus 700 versus The Miz plus 400. They had that whole big white wedding thing last night on Raw. And you know the wishes. They wish they could have did a whole red wedding thing with a bloodbath. Instead it was just a black and grey bath because it's 2021 WWE. So The Miz is plus 400. Is he any chance at beating Adam Copeland here? He's always got a chance, The Miz. As you say in pretty much every write-up that you've got, if Miz is an underdog, you know, he's worth betting on. You just... There's only a few losses that Edge can have at the moment to actually make somebody, and I don't think it's worth wasting it on The Miz. Um, But plus 400 for The Miz, who probably has more underdog wins than anybody else, is probably worth even a quarter unit bet. But I, I'm yes. not confident on that at all. <laughs> I know, I'm someone, like I say, I always say always better on Miz, but this is one where it's like, no, Edge is so protected, it really doesn't seem worth it. It's just a transitional feud for him more than anything else, and yeah, I really kind of see Edge losing. Although he did lose in the, uh, against Seth Rollins and stuff, so that is possible, but even at plus 400, yeah, I don't know if I can bet on Miz here. Well, that's unfortunately day one all over with. That was so fun to discuss. But now we move on to New Japan Pro Wrestling, Wrestle Kingdom 16, which I must admit I'm slightly more excited for. How about you? Yeah, really, really looking forward to this, especially um, night one. I think the top four or five matches or something like that should be really, really good. Uh, night two, maybe not it's got as much depth, but you know, it should be, it should be a fun card. They're you're never going to have a bad Wrestle Kingdom, no matter what. I mean, there's probably the worst match on this show is going to be better than the best match on day one. So we're really looking oh, yes. forward to it. This is going to be an incredible show. So we've got the the first match, so we'll cover night one first of all. Yeah, and you're right, I'm more excited for night one than night two, but I think a lot of night two will be fallout from night one, so it'll be... You know, after night one, we'll be anticipating it more. So we've got the first match. Uh, show is minus 150 versus Yo plus 108. Yo is coming off his great run the Super Juniors, where after losing four straight, he ran out with all the wins, made the final against Takahashi. Show interfered and attacked both wrestlers in the main event. Takahashi ended up, get, ended up getting the win. Then he said Yo must shut Show up for good. So will he? Who's taking this one? I still think that Show is probably going to win the battle of the ex-partners. Um, mainly, and we'll discuss that later on when we go for the junior heavyweight um, thing. But I think Show's probably getting the big heel push. It's probably going to be a challenger for that title in future. And I think minus 150 is a great price for him. Yeah, I've got to agree. Like The fact that he came in and you know, piled by both guys in the, the final of the Best of the Super Juniors, like I said, that's a big push. And yeah, you got to think they stick with it. I agree with you on that one. Minus 150 is a really good price on that. So now I've got a, a six-man. Yes, it is. It's a six-man. It's Tanahashi and the Mega Coaches, Taguchi and Romero, versus Bullet Club, which is Kenta, Ishimori, and El Fantasmo. Uh, Tanahashi and the Mega Coaches are big favourites, well, pretty big favourites at minus 190. Bullet Club are plus 134. Night 2, we will, of course, see Tanahashi versus Kenta um, in a no-DQ match for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. So do you think that no-DQ stipulation will factor in here in some manner? 
Yeah, basically, I see Tanahashi and his team winning. They won't pin Kenta. Um, it's not WWE where they'll pin the champion just before it, but they will give the challenger a big win. So I think he'll win, but I think there'll be the beat down after the match from the Bullet Club. But yeah, definitely Tanahashi and the Mega Coaches here. Maybe not a price that yeah. you would bet on though, but um, I think they're of the um, the first night they're probably the most solid team to to get a win on it. Yeah, Kent is one of those guys you just never know when he's going to pull out a win. Like he's one of those little underdog guys that you don't really want to. You don't really want to bet on, but you don't really want to bet against either. So yeah, those odds I think it is worth skipping. So then we've got the big one. It's United Empire versus Naito, Sanada, and Bushi. It's Will Osprey's first match in Japan since May, and then of course tomorrow night he's facing the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, United Empire are minus 177, and the others are plus 125. Surely United Empire go over here. Yeah, Osprey getting the title shot on night two. He's got to get his hand raised. I think he, he'll definitely get the pin as well. Um, one, minus 177, it's less than Tanahashi's team, so it probably is worth a bet. But yeah, um, can't see past Osprey's team in the Empire. Yeah, I mean, New Japan are known for the upsets, but that would just be, I mean, I think that'd be beyond an upset. It'd be stupid, just plain stupid. So, unfortunately, we don't have any bet nods for who Shibata will be fighting. Uh, who do you think he'll be fighting anyway? I don't think it's going to be anybody big. I think it's going to be either um, Clark Connors or um, Alex Reynolds, I think his name is, some of the guys that he's training um, over in um, the LA dojo. I think it's probably going to be one of those two. Yeah, it makes sense. I see so much hype for it. People are talking themselves into Ibushi coming back and stuff like that. It's like, no, nah, this is, you know... I think the highest guy they could get would be someone like a Chase Owens or someone. It's it's really just to kind of showcase Shibata and his return to the ring. Now we've got one. This match actually took place earlier this year, and it wasn't the best match. It was Ishii versus Evil. Uh, the Stone Pit Bull is plus 110, a slight underdog. And everyone's favourite, Evil, is minus 155 favourite. Uh, and Evil has actually only beaten him once in five attempts, so will he get his second win over the Pitbull? Hopefully not. Uh, we've talked before about um, how disappointing and boring we kind of find Evil. I mean, since 2016, when he had a really good G1 and he had some really great matches, he seems to have went downhill. But the issue is, he wins, and he wins, and he wins. So he's probably not that bad of a price, but you'd have to think with it being Ishii's first defence of the title that he should probably go over. And as an underdog there, he's probably... I, I would probably bet on him. I would take the risk. Ishii's just... Yeah, I think so. But, but you know you know we're going to bet on it and then we're going to be right pissed off when Evil wins. It's it's the way of the world. Yeah, you just know that half a dozen people are going to interfere and yeah, it's just going to take away from the match, which is a shame for Ishii because he deserves to have as many big matches and great matches as possible on these stages. Yeah, that's one match that I actually think, you know, you look at the card, there's so many sleeper matches that could be great. I think that's one match. It, just wrestling-wise, it's going to be a bit of a disappointment. It just depends, obviously, how they work the match, but I, I'm not getting my hopes up for that one match quality-wise. 
So now I've got Chaos, minus 155, versus Dangerous Tackers, plus 110. Uh, interesting stat is that 7 out, of nine term, 7 out of 9 times, the winners of the World Tag League have also won the championship. So will that be 8 out of 10? I mean, Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. lost the titles here last year. Exact same situation, basically. So have they learned from that? Are they going to retain this time? Or are they going to be just another stat? I think that they're going to lose this time. I think um, after the G1 performance from um, Zach, I think he's ready for a singles push. Um, so I could see this becoming the split of the, the teams. I think um, Zach Sabre Jr. and Jeff Cobb are probably going to be the two favourites for the New Japan Cup coming up in a few months. And I think getting the title off from here and moving on to singles is probably the, the perfect opportunity. So yeah, I'm all over chaos here. Yeah, that makes sense. And at minus 155, I think they're definitely bettable. Plus, the trend is there. Seven out of nine times, you know. So that shows, it's like with WWE, Royal Rumbles and so on, you can look at that trend and see it's all about future plans. So with uh, Goto and Yoshihashi winning the World Tag Team League, they're obviously planning them to go. So yeah, I agree with you. Even at minus 155, I think that's a very good bet. Now we have the... IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship as El Desperado depends against Takahashi. These two, we just saw them in the Super Junior 28 and they went the full time limit. This one right here, definitely the show stealer match wise, match quality wise, I think. Who do you think's taking it? I think the, the, uh, Takahashi is the man for this division. Um, I think it's what they want to push around. He's had a couple of injuries, so he's never had sort of like the, the, the full proper push. Um, I think if he's healthy and they're confident enough, I think that he goes over. Um, again, it's a bit unfortunate for El Desperado because it's his first defence, but I could see it going going to Takahashi and him heading into a feud with Show. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's the one who, he, he's the one that will carry a division. I love El Desperado, but going forward, especially just with everything going on right now and with COVID and all that stuff, you you know, you want certain guys that you can really rely on that are bigger names and Takahashi is the one. So now we've got the main event of night one. This is a really highly anticipated match. I mean, Okada's not my favourite wrestler in the world. The money clip has to be one of the worst moves I've ever seen. He's minus 155 versus Shingo plus 110. We obviously, we know Osprey versus Okada was going to happen in May in a big rematch. That didn't happen due to certain circumstances. Are they going to run it again here? Is Okada going up against the true world champion on night two? My thought is that they're going to kick off again from where they were going to be in May. And so I could see Okada going over. I think that's a shame for Shingo because he's carried the company for the, the last year. Um, in ring over the past couple of years, he's just been there's there's been nobody else in wrestling on on his level. Um, I was never a fan of his at first, but over the past eighteen months or so, you just can't help but be a fan. And I think it's going to be a shame that he's going to lose. Hopefully, he doesn't lose to the money clip because while I love Okada, I have to admit it is the worst move ever. Um, it gets no reaction, and it would put the crowd to sleep before it puts Shingo to sleep. But yeah, I could see. Oh, he's not—he's ne- never experienced the rainmaker, so that this would be a good time for him to experience the that. So yeah, I gotta agree with you. I love Shingo. I think he's did awesome, but 
Okada is the one. He's minus one five five. Would you bet Okada at those odds? Um, yeah, I probably would because I'm pretty confident that they are going to be kicking off. Whether I would bet if it was um those odds against Osprey, probably not. But I definitely do think that he's going on to night two as the champion. So now we go on to night two ourselves, and a lot of this, you know, a lot of the bets involved in this might be based on the previous night, so it can be a little bit tough to say, but we'll see how it goes. So we've got the the first match is um, a three-way bout for the IWGP Junior Tag Titles. Robbie Eagles and Tiger Mask, of course, are defending against um, Bullet Clubs and uh, the Mega Coaches. Bullet Club are plus 100, Flying Tiger are plus 150, the Mega Coaches are plus 260. Who do you think is going to take this one? Uh, going for Tiger Mask and Robbie Eagles here. I think New Japan are really high on Eagles. Um, he's got a big push over the past few months or so. And they always love a Tiger Mask as well. So, yeah, I could see those two going. Because we've got no sort of underdogs, I think whoever you kind of fancy here is um, definitely worth a bet. And to me, yeah, Eagles and Tiger Mask, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, I like them too. You've also got Taguchi and Romero who, you know, they've kind of had experience with other guys in tag matches, but I don't think that plays in. You're right, I think Tiger Mask and Eagles, way to go. That's what I would bet as well. Okay, so we now have, there's actually a stardom special match on the card. That should be fun. There's no betting odds for that. We've got a four-way match. We don't know the competitors yet. We just know so that Toro Yano is going to win that one. <laughs> yeah, I could see that, yeah. yes. So we now move on to the Never Openweight Six-Man Tag Championship. You've got your challengers. Go to Yoshihashi and Yo versus Evil, Takahashi and Shaw. I mean, with, you know, the night before leading into this one, that could um, really affect the outcome of this match. House of Torture are minus 177 and Chaos are plus 125. Who's going to take this one? Evil never loses. I think it's basically Evil and Show always get the push. You know, you've got Yujiro there who, if it wasn't for Peter, you know, nobody would really care about him. So he kind of hangs on to the to the rest of them. But yeah, I, I still see those three coming out as um, still the champions. Yeah, 100%. I really like that one. I mean, can't stand Yoshihashi. And, you know, especially if Evil loses the previous night, he would be a really, really good bet here because there's no way he's losing two nights in a row. Now, we go from one person I hate in Yoshihashi to one of my favourite wrestlers in Great Okan. This is a pick'em. Him versus Sonada, minus 118. I gotta say, I, you know, I mean, I'm a big Great Okan mark, but I do think he should get a win here because I think with Osprey fighting... United Empire need to be strong. What about you? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, the average Okan has been getting a bit of a, a push. Um, Sonada seemed to get like a mini push last year, but it's kind of faded away a bit. Um, I don't know if all three of the United Empire need to win. Um, I think if one of them is going to lose, it probably is going to be um, the Great Okan. So I would probably say no bet here, but I would be going towards Sonada. Yeah, that's a tough one. When it's minus one one eight odds, I always like try and pick a you know, when it's a pick 'em like that, I always try to pick someone, but I go back and forth here. I do think if you look in the future, Okan someone that really needs to win more than Sonada, but 
you know, I've seen him lose quite a few times in matches like this. So, yeah, I could see Zanada prevailing and winning here. It'll be an interesting one. I'll have to think about it more and then post the betting tips on betwe.com a couple of days before Wrestle Kingdom and you'll see who I've actually went with. Now we've got Jeff Cobb plus 110 against Naito minus 155. Obviously, Naito had a really tough G1 getting injured in the first match. That was brutal. I believe he's beaten him in one singles match before these two have fought. So, will Jeff Cobb tie it up at 1-1? Yeah, this is my big big bet of the, the, the whole weekend is Jeff Cobb here. At, uh, what is it? Plus 110? That's an incredible price. He got that huge push in the G1. You know, and then with um, New Japan as well, they're they're really good storytellers, and what they like to do if somebody's been out injured quite a bit. Um, you've seen that with a uh, not Abushi, yeah, Abushi in the G one. Yeah, he, he lost the very first match because it was like he's been out of action and he's a bit rusty, and I could see them doing the same story here with Naito. I think you know he's been off for a wee while. He, he's back first big match, but Jeff Cobb, they're they're big with him, biggest part of the United Empire. The fact he's an underdog to me just says get my money on him straight away here. Yeah, you're right. He's got to take this one. We we saw it. the G one. He was superb, and they don't do that kind of push for someone if they're not going to keep it going. And he obviously delivered as well in spades. So yeah, Jeff Cobb, you're right. Probably the best bet of the weekend, actually. There's, like, to get underdog odds and that. That's one I'll tell everyone. Don't wait for my official betting tips. Get on it right now, because I think by the time the I'm doing the betting tips, by the time Wrestle Kingdom starts, he'll be the, the favourite. So now we've got Kenta, minus 230, versus Tanahashi, plus 160. This is the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship no DQ match. I'm pretty sure that benefits Kenta slightly. What do you think? Yeah, I'm probably going to go with Kenta here. His first defence, you know, I think they, they'll, they'll put him over. Um, he's already been across in America uh, working with um, AEW, so it wouldn't surprise me if he makes another appearance there. Um, I think Tanahashi, they were wanting to do Tanahashi versus Moxley in AEW, but that's obviously been put off for personal issues at the moment, so there's no point in bringing him into AEW until he's probably ready to go, so I could see Kenta retaining here. Yeah, that makes sense to me as well. Okay, we've also got... Actually, we've got one more match left. It's the main event, and obviously we don't know who it's going to be yet, if it'll be Shingo or Okada versus Will Ospreay. We both think it'll be, unfortunately, Okada. But you can bet on who the title holder will be at the end of the event. You've got Okada and Osprey, both joint favourites, at plus 134. Then you've got Shingo at plus 210. Osprey, of course, was never beaten for a title. He declares himself the true world heavyweight champion. So is he going to take back what's rightly his? Yeah, this is a Will Ospreay's night. Again, they're, they're resetting basically into their plans for um, 2021. You know, I think he was going to get the big win over Okada back in May. Um, I think this will happen this time. There, I don't think there was plans for him to have a short title reign. You know, and now after his neck injury, he, he's back. And I think, yeah, he'll win his, win his title back. And at plus one three four odds, I think that's a pretty good bet to sort of end the night. 
Yeah, I think it's actually worth skipping the Shingo Okada match and just betting Osprey to win here. That seems like the best thing for me in regards to the how the main events will work out. Well, thank you, Gus, for um, doing this podcast with me. It's been great. You've given a lot of great insight, and hopefully sometime in the future, you'll get back to doing your retro wrestling review podcast. Yeah, fingers crossed. Hopefully at one point we'll get back to that. Unfortunately, um, personal issues has kind of taken up a lot of my time. But for anybody that's still wanting to listen to the podcast, they're all available. Um, I think there's like 25 episodes and it's, whether it's Mid-South Wrestling or Mid-Atlantic or some WWE from 94 back to 1986 or something like that, they're all available to listen. It's Retro Wrestling Reviews, so check them out. Yeah, be sure to check them out and also be sure to check out BeckWWE.com. I will be doing my official betting tips there for day one and for Wrestle Kingdom. I'm not 100% sure of the dates yet, but it'll probably be, I think day one I'll be doing this Saturday. I might wait and see how SmackDown works out, so I'll probably do it on day off. Wrestle Kingdom I'll probably also do on Saturday. You know, to be honest, I'm waiting for the Wrestling Observer newsletter to come out and hear Dave Meltzer's insights on that. So be sure to check out betwe.com and for the podcast, betwrestlingpodcast.com and from Scotsman and Gus, I'm saying goodbye, good night, good luck and always bet on Charlotte.